Welcome to the Speaking Podcast. You can find all my episodes on speakingpodcast.com. I'm also on Bitchute and YouTube. And I'm also a podcasting coach because I've got four other podcasts, the Meditation Podcast to help you chill, the Awakening Podcast to wake you up to what's going on in the world but with solutions, Learn Polish Podcast, and the Speaking is we're about to do, and the Crypto Podcast. And you'll find everything on bio.link forward slash podcaster. Today, my guest, please welcome Ananda Santarajana. I know I didn't do it justice. I apologize for your surname. You might please let people know your surname. That's a long last name, I understand. Yeah, it's a difficult one for me, to be honest with you. Yeah. For sure. Hi, everyone. It's happy to be here. Yeah, so you might. Uh, I mean, I know you've written a book, but I, I always like the listeners to, you know, the guests introduce themselves to the, the listeners. You might let people know who's Ananda. Sure. So my name is Ananda Savundara Rajan. As you see, I have the long last name. I live in Chicago with my family. I have uh, two daughters. A seven-year-old and four-year-old, and um, work for a company. It's a shoe retail company, and uh, I'm one of the engineering leader there. And I have a team. So my team manages um, the APIs um, side of things, and uh, it's a pretty busy time of the season because it's a retail company, and uh, we have this Thanksgiving, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, all sorts of things. So it's been busy so far, but it, yeah, it's good. It's it, must always, be, uh, it must be hectic at the moment. Absolutely. So I suppose let's get to know you a little bit first. I know you like marathon runner running, so you might let me know a bit about that. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for asking. Yeah, this marathon thing is something I started in back in 2019. I, I enrolled for a 5K in my daughter's school and I went there. I was able to run maybe just five minutes. After that, I was like, I couldn't run. And I was looking at other kids and uh, people who are like 10, 20 years older than me, they were running like a champ. Um, that's when I was thinking, maybe I should focus on my fitness. And that's where it started. And um, also my dad, he had I mean, diabetes and you know a lot of I mean, complications. And I felt I mean, health is number one priority and uh, focus on that. So I wanted to challenge myself and uh, enroll for Chicago Marathon in 2020. And uh, that's where my journey started. So ran the virtual. Then recently, I also ran the New York City Marathon. So my goal is to run the major six. Um, you got like Chicago, New York, Boston. Then Tokyo, Berlin, and London as well. So that way you get motivated to go to different places and uh, also run, have fun. That's, that's, no, that's fantastic to actually, you know, have a reason to go to a country and then you know have a holiday right. as well at the same time. So brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely. And I know as well that you're a volunteer for uh, Girl Scouts, because I presume that's for your daughter that you got involved in that. And what does that entail? Yeah, that's right. So I wanted to teach the leadership qualities uh, and the community type of experience to my um, daughter, um, young, elder one. Uh, younger one is still four years old and eventually she's going to be part of Girl Scout as well. So yes, she's part of a Girl Scout camp in where we live right now. And um, I go there and volunteer. Um, even recently, Feed the Starving Kids is one of the events they organized and uh, we went there and it was uh, so good to see uh, kids working together in a team and also they're creating an impact to somebody sitting in Africa. They're going to feed those kids and you know, like that, that kind of stuff, right? It's, it's amazing to have that impact when they're young and uh, I'm so proud of Girl Scout and what they do. Excellent, excellent. I'm just curious because like normally craziness kind of happens in America and then it kind of floats across the, the waters to Europe. 
but I had seen that for the Boy Scouts, they were having girls going into the Boy Scouts. Are they doing the same with the Girl Scouts alone, boys in? And like, I, it's a bit strange for me because I think at that young age, you want to kind of keep them away. You know, that they're that's what that, that was right. the reason from the start to set that up. You're scaring me now. My daughter, she's just <laughs> seven, right? And so we are new to that. I mean, it's been a year. Uh, we, are, we are learning. So I don't know about that yet. Maybe, maybe there. So let's see how it goes. Excellent. So I suppose getting into your speaking, because um, you're also a Toastmaster. So you might let me know from a young age, your kind of speaking journey and then going into the Toastmasters. Sure. Um, like I said, I'm an engineer by profession. I come from computer science background and um, I've been writing code and developing software for about I mean, 20 years now. And there was a time where I was just individual contributor where you get the work, talk to people and just get it done. Um, you don't have to talk in front of many people. I didn't have a team to lead and all of that. I mean, after I mean, 10 years, I got into this um, leadership roles like either solution architect or managerial roles and all of that. Where I will have to talk to people, my team, not just that, and also like uh, talk to the partners and vendors, also the customers. And we put up a solution and um, we know it is good, but then... We have to be able to justify. We have to tell them the pros and cons and why did we take this route versus that route. And that's where I needed to be good at speaking. I still remember a time where we have a good design, but then I went to a meeting room in front of my customers and uh, they're asking a lot of questions and uh, I didn't do a good job. Um, I was just um, shivering and uh, I didn't do what I have to deliver and I couldn't convince them. So that's where... um, I was thinking something is not right and uh, I realized I'm not good at speaking in front of people. It's okay, right? And uh, I wanted to improve. That's when I came across Toastmasters and uh, my journey started back in 2018. Uh, and uh, it, it's, it's it's a great place and I have a lot of, I mean, um, credit to give away to Toastmasters because um, it, it's a non-profit. A lot of people like you and me, they go there, they want to improve and you learn from people. And that's where I started, I mean, reading more books. So I'm grateful to those members I came across. And I see as well, because I know that you're kind of trying to go for DTM as well. So, but when I was in Toastmasters, it was kind of like, who wants to take a membership role, VP of membership, VP of PR? Mm. And I always took whatever, you know, so I ended up doing the whole lot of them. And, but what people don't realize is say for example the vice president of membership because of the training that you get and all the information you can apply that to any mm-hmm. business that you're doing which actually you know yes it is a voluntary you're not getting paid for it but you're actually getting skill set that will help you in the future absolutely it's, it's a good one you said so last year i was the area director for the district 30 in toastmasters and uh, i happened to manage five clubs so when we say five clubs, each club, it has the leadership, like president and all the roles and all of that, right? And uh, at work, back then I was just managing one team. And but then in Toastmaster, I was able to manage five different clubs, which is, which I can, you know, like simulate it in my workplace. It's more of managing five different teams. So I got that opportunity in Toastmasters. And uh, there was a time where one of the manager left in my group and my boss was like, can you manage it? for the time being. And I'm like, sure, why not? I have managed them in five teams in Toastmasters and yes, I could do this. 
that that's an area where it was very useful at work and also in toastmasters as you know like we have this contests um, like speaking contest uh, table topics evaluation and all of that and uh, it's not easy to run a contest especially when i had this area director role i will have to like worry about the club level contests and also the area level then also help the division level and all of that so there is lot of preparation work happens before and after the contest so the briefing meetings and planning the team and all of that so in in the place where i live in the neighborhood um, the sanctuary point and um, all the diversified people like people from china people from korea india then americans mexicans like georgia like all different culture of people we live it's about them I in 25 families and uh, we wanted to do a block party and they were looking for someone to volunteer and organize so i definitely used the skills i learned in toastmasters to plan this event better and um, sending out agendas and it, it worked out really well and at the end of the event i mean they all appreciated me and i was like okay yeah this is good it's all i learned from toastmasters and i was able to implement the people i know and um, it's it's amazing and the thing is because i mean i was involved with four clubs at one stage you know an online club in finland as well as forming my own club when i was in two Every club is different and there's clicks there and there's kind of personality mm. clashes. So you kind of, it's like the real world basically because, you know, there's there's people that just don't get on and you have to, especially if right. they're in different roles and if you're, you know, you have to make sure everybody comes together. So I think there's not only the benefit of speaking, but there's so much different things you'll benefit from it as long as you put in the time. Because I mean, what you've done, area director and the different roles, it is a lot of time. I mean, there's, you know, it's, it's not, there is people that do nothing. There's people that'll take the role because they want the badge and they want to actually look good, but they will do nothing. But there's other people that actually, they really want to help the club and push it. But I think at the end of the day, it's your gaining. Right, yeah. What you offer is what you're going to gain right you challenge more yourself and you're going to learn more so that's what i learned so definitely it's a great place and i agree with you like certain clubs are different unique and yeah, exactly. you have to pick your club and the club i'm in lake county toastmasters it's, it's a wonderful club a lot of good people they always help each other and uh, i i would say it's a safe place for you to fail Mm, yeah, no. I mind failing right there. Like when you were the area, I know you can't enter a competition when you have a role, but did you actually enter competitions yourself when you were uh, not the area director? Right, right. Prior, yeah, you're right. I mean, as an area director, we cannot contest in uh, the uh, items, right? And uh, yes, prior to the area director, I think it was back in 2020 where I contested in speaking contest, the international speaking contest. Um, where I delivered a speech about um, a title called "Love Yourself." it was based on a book and um, you know the transformation has to start from within right and it's about that content and uh, i won at the club level and uh, i went to the area to second place so oh, yeah. and yeah. it's strange because sometimes it's only first place it depends on how many clubs are in the division or the right. district to go forward and it, yeah or if the person isn't able to make it but uh, i think it would be nice to get the first three people to go forward because as I mentioned, the click that can happen in the voting as well, where they're voting for kind of their friends as opposed to the actual person that's the better speaker. So I think by allowing the first three, it kind of creates a fairer system. Absolutely. So, I mean, you've, uh, you're now an author, so you might let me know the title of the book and we'll delve into that because it's uh, fascinating for me. 
Yep, great. Thanks for asking. And it's a big deal for me. It's like a dream come uh, true moment for me. So machine learning, getting started. Launch yourself into machine learning. I come from a background where English is not my first language. Tamil, which is my native language. I come from southern part of India. And when I started my career, um, in engineering is when I started doing English as primary and all of that. And uh, in the beginning, I'm a good I mean, developer and I do a lot of technical certifications and all of that. But the moment if I have to talk to people, write emails, it was very tough because uh, especially the clients, they speak only in English and I uh, will have to communicate in English, either speaking or writing. It was always a big issue. Um, it took time for me to get along. I read, I mean, I read a lot of news. Like, so basically, I forced myself to get better with English because it's important for me to go out of my comfort zone and uh, all of that. So that's where my journey started. And uh, back in 2011, I believe, uh, in Columbus, Ohio, when I was there, um, there was an opportunity for me to publish a white paper. It was on uh, non-relational database systems. So back then, MongoDB, Cassandra, all those um, pretty new and new concepts. And uh, I did some research. I learned and um, put my notes together. And there was a technical um, writer. Uh, she did help me to edit that content and uh, made it to the next level. I, I really loved the journey. Um, me learning, putting my contents together and working with editors and uh, them finding issues. I mean, when I say like, hey, this is maybe you can cut down a little bit. You can add more details here. And uh, so that experience back and forth and a lot of learning and uh, it became a better, I mean, writer through that exercise. That's what I reflected. And uh, so I had a kick right there. Then I let it go. Um, you know, you the life, you move along with the life and I got married, kids and... Uh, then I always had this thought in my mind, okay, 2020 is when I mean, COVID started and I had more time I'm sitting at home. What I can do? Um, earlier, because I used to spend, I mean, um, at least 90 minutes in the morning, 90 minutes in the evening for commute to go to work and all of that. Now I got that extra time. So I just wanted to see if I have that extra time, what I can do. Earlier, I used to always think, oh, I wish I had extra time. I wish I had time to do all that, right? And uh, so that's when I thought about, okay, how about writing a book? Because I liked that exercise. And um, then on the side, um, I always keep myself up to date, stay relevant uh, to what I do. So that's when I um, thought about uh, getting um, knowledge in artificial intelligence, machine learning. So I was uh, attending some courses, reading books and all of that. And um, even though I come from computer science background, uh, in past, any new technology, whether it is DevOps or any cloud certifications, AWS or Azure, or even Java certifications, I was able to do it in four to six weeks. Like um, you put some time and uh, understand the concepts and uh, connect the flow and go from there. So, but then this machine learning, every time when I, when I listen to the content uh, from YouTube or Coursera or Udame or even from books, right? And they always talk different terms different languages and uh, it's good. They, they all come from, I mean, PhD and all the academic background. But then I'm someone who go from the, the traditional, I mean, the development background where I wanted samples uh, for me to try out and, you know, like, hey, it's working, right? And uh, then get excited and then go on top of it. And uh, so it was rough in the beginning, I would say. First time in a year, I couldn't really um, get... Uh, the overall I mean, picture of it and uh, I was going back and forth 
um, it was very dry as well right and uh, but then i didn't give up i'm someone i mean if i like something i mean if i want something i'll go for it right and uh, i challenged i kept on going after it and uh, but after two years i noticed when i went back to my notes i was able to connect all the dots um i just thought okay so i spent i mean two to three years for me to get here why not i wanted to write book as well i got a lot of notes right now why don't i put it together in a nice way and you know publish a book that's where it started and um, yeah um i think um it was last year october precisely uh, i got this idea i started putting my contents together and all of that and uh, there is a nice um, website called upwork because i wanted i mean technical uh, editors um, not just any editor because um, you may be good at english but then you will not understand what i'm talking about in machine learning right it, it's, it's critical so that's where i i had some challenges i had to work with them in three or different i think three or four different people and uh, found the right person and uh, then i went on top of it then this content editing then the copy editing mm-hmm. formatting a lot i learned uh, but uh, yeah i was able to publish it this year august and uh, i'm happy it's a big milestone for me excellent excellent i've used up work as well and it's a kind of hit and miss because you can find fantastic people there but you you have to kind of sift through it to get the right person to do exactly what you're what you're looking for so it's a good platform to be honest with you uh, when you when you get the right people there so like machine learning and ai mm-hmm. then how, how could you determine the difference between them like explain to people what's the difference sure that's a good question so artificial intelligence that's the parent that's a bigger concept right and um, machine learning is subpart of artificial intelligence and you also have deep learning which is the subfield of even machine learning right and uh, artificial intelligence is the grandparent and machine learning is the parent and uh, deep learning is the son a daughter so it, it it starts from artificial intelligence and it's been there uh, from 1950s um, and but then it was only in the labs like in academics universities and all of that and they were just collaborating um, it and all of that lately it has come to the mainstream i would say in the last i mean 10 years it's all because of the digital transformation we are in now if you look at it i mean 10 years before versus now we have iphones we have smartphones all the devices are connected internet of things and we are generating tons of data in every second we are i mean generating tons of data comparing to 10 years back and this these applications like whether it is machine learning or deep learning you need i mean lot of data these are i mean data hungry applications so what we are doing here is we are using the data to train your program and developing a solution out of it so next time when there is a new scenario you don't have to write code like we do in a traditional setup for example when i expose an api to place an order or to add product to the cart in my retail world if there is anything changes if there is a new product type or if there is a new fulfillment like um, one day shipping versus two day shipping then i will have to make some changes in my api to accommodate the new scenario but whereas with machine learning once you train your model with the data you have you don't have to train the mo- i mean you don't have to make any changes when there is a new data so that that's where the difference so there are some of them in applications where you cannot i mean uh, write code manually so that's where this machine learning is becoming handy for you to train with different data sets and all of that but the challenge here is having the right data 
And given the digital transformation, we're getting I mean, tons of data from different sources. So we were able to leverage all the data to train the model and uh, develop a good machine learning solutions. That's one thing. And also the compute power. The traditional program we write, um, it can run in CPUs, but then this machine learning solutions, if you have to train with massive data, you need I mean, massive compute power as well. So that's where um, this cloud came into picture and um, we were able to get the GPUs, the graphical processing units. Comparing to CPU, I would say this GPUs, which are 100 times faster than CPUs. And you need such a harsh power for you to process this massive data. And uh, these two things, uh, the, the massive data and the high compute power, we all can afford now, um, given the cloud and anybody can afford. So that's the secret for the machine learning to become mainstream in the last 10 years. And it, we are just you know, scratching the surface. Long way to go. A lot of wonders to have going to happen. And kind of, as you say, the grandfather then, the AI, because uh, we're hearing a lot lately, you know, e Elon Musk scaring people. He mentioned it years oh. ago. And yes. I mean, I, I kind of look at it as from what I see is, is it down to the programmer who, if they're evil, they're putting out something that's evil, but there's a, there's a, a way more higher percentage of people that are good and want to do better in the world. So is it a case of the better programmers can actually kick out the bad ones? Because I know DARPA own it. It's probably been around 10, 20 years before people were aware of it. So I'm just curious, what's your thoughts on that? Oh, that's a good one. Any technology is always here to help the people to make our life easier, right? And that's where it starts. But then you always have that good versus bad, right? And uh, there are people, they want to, hackers, hacking him in, um, or, you know, devices at home. So those kind of things are going to happen. We cannot avoid it. Any, any, Anything in life, uh, right? There is always good versus bad. It's all about, I mean, the majority of the people. For example, time is critical for everybody. I'm married, I have kids, I'm working, and also I'm writing book being in podcast and all of that. And uh, so we can, I mean, more than the money, if you ask me, after health, time is critical and where we spend time. I don't want to drive myself all the time, right? I mean, yes, I love driving, but then, for example, if you're going on a trip uh, for five hours, I want to relax, spend time with family, right? And uh, so that's where I'm a big fan of Elon Musk. He's going to have the fully autonomous driving, almost there. Um, so... So if machines can replace those mundane activities, then we can have our time to do some creative work or some family time, all of that. So yes, technology is here to help us to make our life better. If we look there are at always cars, that one person, you know. Like if we look at the ahead. cars, because most people's cars are sitting outside either their house or their office. And they might, I don't even think they use it 5% of the time, but even if they do. And if you say if you don't have to be paying attention. Because one, if you're driving, as you mentioned, an hour and a half each way, a lot of people I know, especially in the States, they have that kind of journey, which is a long journey. It's tiring. So you're coming home right. from a day's work and then an hour and a half drive. If you could actually be relaxing during that time, reading the book and that the car is driving for you, you're a different man coming into the house. So I actually see the advantages of that. They also say that not as many cars are needed, which means less traffic because 
being stuck in traffic, I don't think anybody enjoys and not everybody can commute by, say, a train or a tramway or something like that, that they don't have to worry about things like that. So I see the advantages of that. Also, if we look at, say, like taxis, like, say, Bolt and stuff like that, we've all been conditioned to get cheaper taxis now with Uber and then Bolt and stuff like that. And eventually I know that it's going to become that you're just so used to getting into a car with a stranger that you're going to get into a car with nobody. So do you really need to buy the car when if you look at depreciation and everything? So I can see advantages to all that. But on the other side, as I mentioned earlier, a lot of the time is the bad boys controlling this. So they just turn off the tap and we're all stuck at home and we can't actually get out. Or they say like, you know, what happened to craziness in the last two years. And even in Ireland, it was like you have a two kilometer radius where you can go to i mean it's all been proven now that it was all fake and all the information they spewed but unfortunately when you've got people controlling systems to all these companies were compliant so there's the downside and the danger that you give your autonomy away you don't have your sovereignty and oh i don't have a car i don't have this and they've just turned it off so there's a kind of plus and minus for the whole thing I, I agree. I, I fully agree. Um, yeah, even my daughter <laughs> was mentioning it, right? And we have Alex at home, right? And Alexa is listening to all the conversations what we have at home, right? And uh, there is a theory that it records for training purposes and all of that. They've been caught for that. That's been right. proven. I actually did an episode, but we didn't release it because we knew we'd be, I'm already being shadow banned and kicked off. So we kind of decided not to bother but even their doorbells and everything, like they're recording mm-hmm. everything. And we're all just kind of going right. along because it's convenience. Right. And right. like, it is, is it convenient? Is it brilliant? Is it making our life easier? Yes. But it needs to be in the right hands and that your data is not taken. Like people just assume I have mm. to give up my data. Right. No, you don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that is true. I agree. They just exploit um, people's I mean, uh, data. I totally agree, and uh, yeah, so the it has to be highly transparent. Um, even the U.S. election, um, it happened right, and they were able to control to some extent, right? I mean, uh, the control election results based on the data, and uh, yeah, there were a few congressmen reviews with Facebook and uh, big companies like Google. Yeah, they've all been caught. They've all been caught fraudulent. And yet, because they're so big, nothing is done. And it's like one of these things. But like on the other side, something that I worry about, like I've noticed it years ago when they started reducing, say in the supermarkets, it became you you clock out yourself. And normally for somebody with, you know, a couple of five items and they just scan it and get out, you don't, you're not queuing up. But it's gone to the stage now where, there's like one person that's actually taking the baskets and the rest are all self-checkout. And yes, it's great for, you know, like if you can have cars that are driving from themselves, if you can have trucks, but what alternatives are there for the blue collar workers? Because you don't want a system where everybody is depending on the state for a handout. That's an excellent question. So a lot of people will think, I mean, uh, these machines are going to replace the job what I mean, humans have. But I agree that, that that's the surface level when we think about it, right? And But if we go deep, even if we go back in history, um, when they introduced ATMs in, in 20 years back, uh, 30 years back, 
they all thought i mean it's going to replace the bank tellers but then that's not true right and the vc we are still happily using atms and uh, and it has given the time back now even if i want to deposit a check back i can use use my chase mobile app and um, scan the check and deposit it and it has given me the time back and there are i mean banks branches still have tellers and all of that those are for specific i mean use cases right and uh, we don't want them I mean, tellers to do this mundane activities but then it has increased jobs for the smart banking they will have to build the system they will have to maintain it and um, it, it's so at a high level what i'm trying to say is it's transforming the jobs the way we do to a different way right and um, it's going to create opportunities in different areas but yeah so so what we have to do is the workforce will have to stay relevant and they will have to learn the new way and i'm sure companies i mean are teaching their employees to use the new technology and a uh, uh, lot of times i mean they may be doing a few things in a very manual way like you know you in hospitals you go uh, you will have to fill out the forms um, you have an appointment at 9:30 you will have to go at 9 so that uh, you fill out all those forms all the questionnaires right all, all the information they have already all yeah yeah so a lot of paperwork if you look at it right i mean we are printing so much i mean papers cutting so many trees and also the time uh, and also somebody has to like assist you if you have questions and uh, so they will have to collect they have to scan then they will upload and uh, or they have to maintain big i mean pile of i mean notebooks and all of that but the moment you automate it and now i get a email hey, can you check in right before before your visit i can just sit at home or while i'm in the car i can do the check in and uh, as soon as i go they have all the information and it's good to go now there is no need to write something uh, i mean writing is good but then there is no need to like fill out all the stuff right and uh, once you once they collect it and they they have it and if there are any changes you just need to update and otherwise uh, it's all digitalized and um, yeah we are saving time we are saving i mean also the labor cost and paper cutting trees and all of that so yeah there is definitely um like i said it's always the technology is here to improve people's life right and uh, i think we have yeah. to remove the governments uh to a, a level of where they actually care for the people because if you look at say when you want to get a passport you have to go away and mm-hmm. get your birth certificate mm-hmm. you go to a government institution you have to drive there you have to queue up you have to pay money and then you have to go mm-hmm. to another one when you're going from one government institution to another and you've just wasted half a day sometimes a day and there's a load of mm-hmm. things like that driving license there are so many things like that that the reality mm-hmm. is that could be changed in a split second to stop all that stupidity like that is true very well said right and personally i had two daughters and they were born in us and uh, for them to go to india i will have to get the visa the oca and all of that right and uh, there is tons of documentation and i will have to renew it like once in five years and it's not easy not, not just those documentation and also that notarization and you know like all of that part right and uh, even if i have to renew my passport <laughs> not a joke <laughs> i get you know like stressed out as well there is a lot we can automate i fully agree that's the thing you get the notary document then you have to go to the apostille to prove that the notary is legitimate and it's like just right. another one in it is it free no of course not you have to pay for that as well like right so. i agree so like what's for those that want to get into this is this something you have to have the degree to start kind of learning how to do this or can somebody that was 
into gaming and mm. stuff like that, just like computers, can start learning this from a basic level, of course. Obviously, there's you know there's massive levels, but I think even when you're in university, because technology is going so fast, I'd say most of the time when you're finished, it has totally changed by the time the, the new guys come in. Right. Good one. Very good one. This is a good question. So a lot of times when people think uh, to get into machine learning or data science, you have to have a PhD or uh, some degree from computer science and all of that from top uh, universities like Stanford and uh, all of that. That's not true. Um, I'm not saying I'm no to that. You can still have those good degrees and um, become an expert in this area. But anyone who has interest uh, to get into data, um, they don't have to have those uh, big degrees and all of that. As long as if they are good at analyticals, I mean, any engineering mindset is enough. Um, and because uh, it's not always writing code, it's not always like um, um, doing that complex algorithm and all of that. Um, there, there is a lot of work. For example, when we talk about supervised learning, where we have to label the data, if you have like cat and dog images, and if you want to identify cat images, um, for example, if you have thousands of images, and you, you will have to label, is it a cat? or no cat, um, you know, like those kind of uh, labeling. So anybody can do it, right? We don't have to have a degree, right? As soon as you look at the image and we can tell. Um, just an example, right? The same way in computer vision, in natural language processing, there are areas where um, you have a lot of content. And as long as if you know the language and if you can use your analytical skills, um, you can use that to prop the data and a lot of that. Because when it comes to machine learning or deep learning, it's it, you spend more time in the data. Once you have the right and quality data, then you'll be able to build the effective models. So, yes, with uh, the analytical skills and the basic I mean, um, knowledge, you should be able to get started. And based on your interest, you can pursue specific I mean, roles as well down the line. And with, when you go into some websites, uh, I don't know what they call it, catch by, you know, where it's basically confirming that you're a human and they show you the pictures. I've been told that that's mm. actually, I don't know what you call it, AI or machine learning, that the, the computer's mm. using different images, that it's learning from you to say whether a cat has turned up the right way or hit the fire, the traffic lights and different things like that in a picture. Is, mm. is that true, that that's the actual machine learning from the, the humans to fill out these forms? Right. So they use machine learning on the background, right? And uh, But what they're trying to do is, um, before you use any service, of them, they want to make sure, I mean, you're a real human being. A lot of times, the machines, not the machines, I would say bot, um, those are not, I mean, organic traffic. Uh, for example, in the company I work for, shoe retailer, and uh, we have all the popular shoes, like uh, we just have limited quantity, uh, which is very popular. Everybody wants it. And we have only 100 quantities, but then there is a demand for 10,000, uh, demand from 10,000, 100,000 people. And there are also the retailers, for example, if you're selling a shoe for 200 bucks, they want to get the shoes and sell it for 500 bucks in the market, right? And uh, so what they do is they're going to try to compete with the normal human beings um, and they're going to try to get those shoes. So that's where uh, they're going to generate that um, traffic. You know, we call it as bot traffic. And so that they can get the shoes and um, they can make some profit. But our goal is to prevent those automated machines. And we want to encourage and enable actual humans 
our customers, our loyal customers to get our products. So that's why you have those um, authentication, just, just a way of authentication to ensure, I mean, because uh, when we have those images, I mean, uh, dog, I mean, standing upside down or, you know, like uh, it, it's difficult for the bots to get through such type of authentication. So it's more of, I mean, uh, uh, but I'm sure they can probably get 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 over that at at this stage. Can they that they can do that and with the bots because with the crypto podcast as well, like mm. I mean, and if you look at say social media, the amount of people you know doing the likes, fake likes, and followers, all the different things that are happening, and say bidding in for NFTs and fake bids and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You see that, like yeah. I would love that to be stopped because, to me, honest, yes. like that's not authentic. That's fraudulent. And exactly. can we set up a decent, you know, AI to actually just wipe them out? Yeah, because nobody likes Absolutely. that. Nobody likes it, right? And also, if somebody uses a credit card, for example, I'm in Chicago, you're in um, Europe, and uh, we'll be talking. And if somebody else uses my credit card in Poland, that's not authentic right that's fraudulent uh, so that's where uh, this uh, machine learning solutions um, becomes very handy to catch those uh, anomaly detections and all of that uh, you got an alert in your phone hey did you do it right and you can say no then that's it they're all rejected and uh, those are instant alerts and uh, it's all based on i mean uh, those models the machine learning models yeah, i actually Very that's powerful. the one thing that i actually like i don't mind the extra step for the the debit card say because something comes mm -hmm. in and you have to validate it or else yes. log in and get the pin code through your phone because mm. this does i mean there's still ways around it but it stops so much fraud and at the end of the day yeah you're supposed to be protected but i know a lot of people they never got the money back they got the you know run around from the banks and they didn't get covered like they're supposed to so when you have a system that's kind of protecting you that it doesn't happen in the first place because, as we mentioned earlier, your time is precious and you don't want to be chasing a bank because it's not a 10-minute thing. It's like normally it takes you an hour just to hold on the line to get through to them. And it's another day wasted for something. And if it's a small amount of money, you know, you're, you're not going to chase it, which is a shame because that's what happens as well. People, they look at kind of what's going on and the value of it. They go, my time is more important than that. And unfortunately, right. a lot of the fraudsters and insurance companies and a lot of the phone companies they do these little tricks they charge people an extra 10 bucks or something because they know people will just say no nah. and they make millions knowing that there's only a tiny fraction of a percentage that will actually come back do they get compensation for their time wasted no and we need to kind of change that as well because that's something that they know what they're doing and they should get serious fines that should be distributed to every person that's been affected Awesome. Nicely said, you know, like it may be a tiny amount from your credit card, right? But then there are billions of people and if they do that, yes, uh, they're going to make millions and millions. I agree. Nice. You put it nicely. So finally, where do you see the future of this with machine learning, AI? What's, what's, I mean, you're obviously in that space a lot deeper than me. So I'd like to, what's your kind of thoughts of where the future is going with this? Absolutely. That's a good one again. Um, Mainly, like I said, I mean, billions of people, right? I mean, close to nine to 10 billions. And uh, um, there is still shortage of food, right? And uh, especially I come from agriculture background back in India. And there is shortage of food and also shortage of labors, 
So that's where uh, machine learning and this automation, artificial intelligence is going to come into picture, where uh, more of the precision agriculture, you have basically producing more by investing less. Uh, you may have decent amount of water and uh, how can you use that water effectively and also maybe one acre land. Um, right now, if you are getting them in a decent amount harvesting and how can you maximize it like to 3x or like 10x uh, with the same amount of land same amount of water with the same amount of resources you have how can you maximize it so that's where uh, this precision agriculture is one new concept it's going to come and uh, gonna help us to solve that uh, food shortage issues that's just one example likewise um, you can optimize the way you solve things uh, make it you know to better and uh, increase your productivity and all of that most importantly it's going to replace all the mundane main activities what we do i i could see and, like advantages yeah. with for example uh, like the machines that are removing vermin that's actually instead of spraying all the pesticides that are going mm -hmm. into our system and then you could especially in india remove the likes of monsanto because they have crucified a lot of the indian farmers i'm well aware of you know the amount of people that have lost their livelihoods and unfortunately they put through in the mm -hmm. towel because of corruption from companies like that so i could see the advantages of having systems that they're getting the best output of their area of yes. land absolutely because at the end absolutely. of the day you want it to be actually on the end user the farmer that's actually getting the money not the middlemen or not these corrupt companies that come in and say hey you have to buy our seed and then oh it blew into your farm so now we're going to sue you a whole evil system so both like we've been discussing the whole way there's a way to do this right and there's a way to yep. stop these people from doing it and people just have to i think they just have to be conscious of what's going on as well right absolutely you're right yeah so mainly it's going to help us with the labor i mean shortage needs and yeah human labor is expensive right and uh, we don't want them to do some dangerous condition works um working in especially i come from southern part of india where it is too hot all the time right and it's very tough to be on the field when it is too hot um and the road uh, road works and all of that right and we can suddenly automate and uh, and stop child labor as that. well because i know child labor happens in india as well so, as pakistan exactly and african it's and get them you know the education that they deserve absolutely nicely said yeah child labor that's very big thing right and um so it's they're 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 forced to do it only because there is labor shortage right and uh, that's not the right thing to do what they're doing but at least uh give them the solution right and uh, machines definitely can replace all those um jobs excellent and i think uh no thoroughly enjoyed this and it's given me a bit of hope because there's a few times i've talked to people about ai and it's all about doom and gloom and i i always had that kind of belief system that the good people are actually to make it done right and then the you know let them uh vermins that are trying to hurt humanity just disappear and not to be even fighting them just create something better and you know society starts moving in that direction so you might let me know where can people find you Oh, excellent. Yeah, they can find me on LinkedIn. And uh, I also have a YouTube channel, uh, Let's Become ML Engineers, uh, where um, I post videos on a weekly basis. And uh, like I said, my goal is to make software engineers to take this machine learning journey um, in a smoother way. I spent them in two to three years for me to get here to understand the basics and all of that. And uh, 
so without i mean using big buzzwords and all of that and uh, make it simple for them to understand the basics and there is lot of good contents out there in internet right free contents um, so they can just leverage and go on top of it yes i do have uh, a youtube channel where i post videos um, people can subscribe to get uh, updates and also i'm very active in linkedin and also have a website let's become mlengineers.com that is still in the initial stage and uh, so i will have to make sure i mean i keep it up to date uh, but those are uh, different ways to stay in touch with me okay perfect and just on uh, your youtube channel because i've listened to a few of the videos and you know sometimes you go into different channels and you're watching for an hour and a half an hour you have like specific on a topic so it's like you know a couple of minutes maybe to 5 to 10 minutes and yes. it's e- easy to j- digest so you're explaining it in a way that i can understand that doesn't have right. you know the background that you would and yeah it's done well so yeah. listen, Th- thank thanks for mentioning much. it because your last one since you mentioned about uh, yeah. two minutes five to seven minutes content right it's all because of toastmaster so any speech if you see right we we do it in i mean five to seven minutes right and uh, we are all busy we are getting a lot of contents uh, every minute is valuable so that's where i want to make sure i mean i put my script together and you know do the groundwork and make it simple within 5 to 7 minutes so that i don't want to take people's time for for granted so that's right. the reason thank you for saying yeah. it yeah no problem so i'll make sure i'll put the links both in the audio and the video so thank you very much thank you so much and uh, it, it's great uh, to be here and i learned a lot and uh, some of the questions were i mean mind blowing really appreciate it and uh, we'll be in touch Yeah definitely and just for those obviously this was the speaking podcast but because it was so relevant to what's going on in the world and I think of all the information that was shared I'm going to put it on the awakening podcast as well so for those that are listening if you're, you're wondering why it started off with the speaking podcast and ended it with the awakening I put on shows that are actually relevant so you find everything about me on bio.link/podcaster be sure to give us a thumbs up five star rating it really helps until next week take care